and hello everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Weekly Scoop. I got a new type of interview today. Um, first off, it got a little cut short because of issues with Zencaster. Um, so we did get an hour's worth of content, but we did cut it a little bit short about um, talking about Chris's purpose. So bear with me on that. Uh, I will have some some exit notes for you at the end. But uh, Chris is a comic book artist and a TikTok influencer. So we're going to talk about how his TikTok fame of half a million followers has generated a new business venture for himself, and that is actually making his own comic books. Um, and then we also talk about NFTs. So really great interview, really fun interview. But first, Liquid IV. Liquid IV is a necessity in my life. Liquid IV gives me double the hydration faster than water alone. It's got three times the electrolytes of the leading sports drink, plus eight vitamins and nutrients for everyday wellness. I have to get a gallon of water in every single day, especially when I start doing 75 hard. Uh, I have a half gallon jug, but Liquid IV just makes it easier to hydrate because it makes the water taste better. There was a f water flavoring um, like liquid I used to use in the past. I won't say the name brand of it, but it had so much bad sugar and just so many carcinogens in it. It was not healthy. But Liquid IV uh, provides a sugar-free solution, and it also has no artificial sweeteners. So it's perfect for everyday hydration. And you get 20% off when you use the promo code SCOOP uh, on your checkout. So... Go ahead, get some hydration on, and let's get after it. All right, y'all, we are here. I got a special guest. Found him on TikTok. It's the greatest place to get interviews. I'm like super stoked because like I'm just finding big content creators and it's really exciting. So I got my man Comics Confused, Comics Confusion um, on TikTok. Comics and Consumed. Instagram. Comics Consumed. That's right. That's right. My bad. My bad. Uh, I didn't have it right in front of me. So I was like, shit. Uh, but here we are. I'm super stoked for this interview because you're you're a very unique guest. You're probably the most unique guest I've had thus far from a standpoint of what you do. So if you don't mind sharing who you are, what you do, and kind of kind of how you got just on social media and started creating content. This man has half a million followers on TikTok, so we're going to delve into how this person has grown on that app specifically just because of the organic reach. But yeah, take a take a little moment to talk about yourself and who you are as a person. So comics consumed, first name is actually Chris, not sharing a last name with the internet. Um, of course. Basically, uh, so grew up with a speech impediment, started making videos to try to help with my speech impediment and try to just find a topic that I could talk about for long amounts of time because I wanted to 
literally started setting by setting myself a 30 day like challenge to myself. And I was like, all right, so what can I post a video about every day? And I was a big Marvel nerd at the time. Um, hence why comics consumed ended up being in there. Um, and so at the time infinity war had just dropped infinity war spoiler alert is the one where at the end thanos snaps and half of the entire universe just disappears and i was just talking with friends constantly basically about just the weird situations of what that would cause when you think about it with like airplanes pilots going down construction sites, just all the different scenarios where half the people disappearing would just cause way more devastation. So I started the series that was originally going to be just 30 days, unfortunate situations for the blip because it became the, called the blip and just basically did skits with myself talking about if a person in a scenario disappeared because half of everyone disappeared, what would happen? And just 30 days later, created the habit in myself of actually making content. And I just never really stopped. And it was just amazing to me to see how creating different things would get engagement from people. And the amount of, like you said, the amount of people you would meet on TikTok because it's a crazy platform where everyone's there and you can just get to know people and make some amazing friends that literally are some of my best friends today. Um, what, like people in other states that you find out randomly, hey, you're only a two hour drive from me, I'm driving up, you know, five hours and I happen to be passing right by you and I stop and they are following their passion and own a comic book shop that they just, like, I managed to make it to this guy's grand opening because it happened to be the same time as a Virginia Comic-Con that me and my wife were already going to. So, wow. Yeah. And it's just, if you're doing something that can provide such cool opportunities like that, I can't make myself stop that. That's just something I'm just going to keep enjoying, you know? Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, really, really cool story. Uh, thank you for sharing. Yeah. So you first got, I guess like. I'll ask the question in a second, but I just wanted to acknowledge how like you got to where you were because you took that first step of creating content. And then you also niched it down right away to Marvel specific infinity war oh. specific. And like you took a trend that was, you took a very popular movie at the time, did your own twist, obviously. And that's how you gain that following. So really intelligent move on your end, because even I get caught up sometimes of like trying to boil the ocean when sometimes you got to really hone in on a specific industry. 
so that's really cool. Um, what do you think of Marvel now? Uh, I'm kind of curious on your thoughts. It's interesting because, so for my first year and a half on TikTok, I did all Marvel content. And I would see myself, so I did the unfortunate situations for the blip and got, I think it was 50,000 followers within four months. And then basically, I mean, you, you're, there's only for four months you're doing content about people disappearing because of a snap. There's only so much content there you can really think of. So naturally you have to come up with another idea and I, I didn't have anything else in my pocket. So I just did something else with Marvel started do started doing more of like comic book stuff going into what characters like how they grow through time because different writers right. get different characters, different storylines happen and dip, like different versions of that character come through. So I created what I called a power ramp series, which is basically I went from the weakest to the strongest version of characters. That, oh that yeah, I remember those. Yeah. So after so long, there's only, there's only so much I can talk about with everything Marvel and I talked about it for so long and so much again, a year and a half bit up to three videos a day for months. Right. And you just burn yourself out completely. Yeah, I was about to ask, I was about to ask that. Did you burn yourself out? Yeah. So Absolutely. I, I like, agree. yeah, I just watched, um, Spider-Man across the Spider-Verse like the other day and it's been out for a while. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's interesting because as I was making that content, I would literally get the very first tickets to things, get in there, watch it, make content about it, get cool ideas. And it was <laughs> the best thing ever. Right. And then one day it's just like, all right, I can't keep doing this because mm -hmm. it's so much. And then all of a sudden I go like months without seeing certain movies. Yeah. I, uh, I think the last movie I saw was mission impossible recently. And that was, I mean, even before that, um, I can't remember what I saw before that. I think it was like the John wick movie. So like, I haven't really been to the movie theater that much. I mean, partly cause tight. it's summer. I mean, partly summer too. I'm I'm usually more outside during the summertime. Yeah. Like movies are more of a winter thing for me. Um, but cold. I yeah, and and yeah, being in the Midwest, it's it's always cold in the winter. So it's just I don't know. It's just better to go to a movie at that time. So it's just yeah, getting burnt out is such a real thing. And I think the the purpose of why I asked you that was because even as a content creator, uh, you. Like even a content creator, you get burnt out. Like everyone thinks that being a content creator is like the easiest thing in the world. It's really not. Like you have to be like honed in on your craft, and like you have to take breaks from it. Even like I've I've taken breaks from this show uh, because like I've gotten creator burnout, and like even with my other projects that I work on, like I've gotten burnout there too. So like I think it's really important for people to understand you have to take a rest at times. Like I know there are these gurus that, you know, talk about content creation. You're like, you got to put out three videos a day and you got like, that's very true. You do. But 90% of those people don't know what they're talking about. 
Right. And like the the people that do know what they're talking about that have that success, it's because their name is already so big. Like um, Gary Vee is one of those types of people that he's like, you know, post three videos a day. I get that. But I think sometimes he doesn't understand that he is the upper echelon of content creation. So he can he can say that. And he can like he could fart in three videos and he's going to get like a million views because it's Gary. Like he's got the name. And sometimes I think people don't understand that from like a a lower tier. So you have to you definitely have to take breaks. Um, And I think you talking about that uh, because you have the following like you you have the following. So like even you talking about like I get burnt out, too. I think that's going to help a lot of listeners with this because, man, you can create all you want, but sometimes you got to re-innovate re, or uh, rebrand and uh, take a step back. So that's so I guess like now looking at you holistically as a person, are you still just doing content creation or have you like created a business around it? Have you created any personal branding around it? Like what where are you at now in terms of uh, this whole journey? So currently the thing I'm putting out is still just content. I haven't actually managed to get any, like there's no merch out there you can find for me or anything at this time. I, as I've been making the content lately, I've been actually making a comic book myself. Um, Yeah. So that's been fun to see how my brain reacts to writing stories like that. I was always a math kid at school. So, and never <laughs> like, I was never told, Hey, you, you'd be a good writer except for literally one teacher, but relatable. It's, it's a story that shouldn't be able to be told as much as it is. Um, but it, so ADHD brain, right? Yeah. Start writing a story. I have a character meeting a character, which it all the story follows my current, what I'm doing on TikTok now, which is hi, I'm a magical being that can give you one superpower, but just one superpower and following the repercussions of asking which superpower you get because it's only one. So for your listeners, for example, you ask for super speed. If you get super speed, but only super speed, there's nothing protecting you from friction, from wind, from energy loss. Like there's so many other things that just from one single superpower can mess you up, which looking back at my content, apparently my actual niche is things that will mess you up. (laughs) unfortunate situations for the blip things that mess people up there powers with consequences one superpower you get messed up so say whatever it says about me but building a world (laughs) around that is just interest is interesting because i have this character meet i have a character meet the person that would give them a superpower and what depending on what power they give they can there can be six different storylines branch off of just that one meeting. Okay. Gotcha. So 
you know, again, like he gets super strength, super speed. So if the super speed character runs, is it going to turn into a ball of flame because he has no friction protection? Is he going to think it out and run faster, but not like light speed? That kind of scenario is happening. It's just picking which branch of that tree I want to go down has been just a fascinating thing to actually sit down and think about. Yeah, that's that's very interesting. Um, and 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 I guess I want to get to you getting this comic book because I guess like my questions around that now, um, thinking on the spot, like. One, obviously, the writer piece is important. How is that going for you? And two, are, do you do your own drawing? Like, is that all no. you? Or are you outsourcing? Oh, you're outsourcing that? I have zero artistic. Every teacher that told me I, I like didn't say I would be a good writer, they would have absolutely said no drawing. Okay. Like, I can mess gotcha. up a stick figure. <laughs> so are but... you using AI? Using AI? No. Um, going okay. back to the TikTok's a wonderful place. Uh-huh. Um, I've made friends with um, names of actually Mr. Fish on TikTok. Everybody should go check him out. He's amazing. But he is an independent comic writer, artist. He does everything himself. Puts out amazing books that I actually have more coming in the mail probably tomorrow. And he's agreed to help me with my art and without TikTok, I never would have even met that guy. That's amazing. It is a great place. I 100% agree. Um, so, okay. The animation outsourcing, right? So you are doing the sole writing of this. Yep. Are you able to discuss how that process is going and how you go about that from like step one to like, you know, step 10 or like, do you have, I guess, all that available to explain or uh, is that so, possible? Back to my ADHD-ness. Right. Um, as I'm writing, I'm getting ideas of what this could do, you know, 30 issues down the road. So what I've started doing is I have a document where every time I get a cool idea of something that can happen in the universe of my comic, I put it in that Word document. And then basically once a week, I go in and I have a literally a thousand year timeline for my comic universe. And yeah, and it's like the main area is like a 10 year period. uh, But then, you know, it's like, all right, so if this happens, why did it happen? Well, maybe that's something from a thousand years ago. Maybe gotcha. I don't, I, maybe I never touch on that, but it's because I, I'm trapped it into this document and it's on the timeline. It's something that can be referenced. It's it helps with world building. It's that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So it gives me the opportunity as I'm writing to make sure, first of all, everything's, correct yeah um and everything makes sense everything has a reason and it, it just it helps with flow all the way around mm-hmm. nice okay yeah no that that definitely makes sense i uh I'm, I'm curious so you have these ideas 
you have, you know, a timeline. So you're making your first comic book, correct? Right. Um, so since this is your first, are you just focusing on one superhero and like creating just like that superhero origin story? Or are you working on like cr- setting up like this whole universe? Like what are you going about with that first one? It's, it's going to follow a main character slash team. Um, okay. First yeah. issue, basic. So in my TikTok universe it um i've created characters called afrit a-f-r-i-t um okay. and basically they're the magical beings it, that they're basically a genie that'll give you a superpower um in the comic universe there is one okay um and basically the main character things happen and he's going to ask for to basically become the second Right. Okay. So the main character is actually going to be someone who goes through and gives the people the superpowers, and there's a whole bunch of things with the Afrit that people that follow me probably know, but it's they can keep a certain amount of them and that kind of thing. Um, but it is going to pretty much follow this one main character throughout a storyline, because going back to what Mr. Fish is making content currently about, people that make comics tend to get stuck with they'll make a comic about a character and then they'll introduce another character and be like, Oh, that's a really cool story. And then they'll go make content and make comics about that character. But then at the end of the day, they've gotten five different books out about five different characters and nobody's really able to follow along long-term. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. No, absolutely. Yeah. No, that's, the comic book industry is so unique and that's why I'm ex- that's why I was excited to interview you because like it's so it's so intricate from a storytelling perspective because it's like never ending like you're always right. creating like a storyline you're always creating a character you're like it it never ends which is why I think the industry is so big now because it's a forever story that you can always entice a viewer yeah. um like you can really hook someone on forever as long as you don't mess it up, which is why I asked you about Marvel because Marvel is really messing it up for their fan base. I think they're shooting themselves in the foot with some things uh, content wise. Marvel's just, an interesting one just to watch because these it's characters that my grandfather read a couple exactly. of Exactly. But uh-huh. they're the same age that they were when he was reading them. <laughs> right. So this world has just been going for 50 plus years and it's the same world, the world around these characters grow because, you know, Superman or stick with Marvel, (laughs) Spider-Man sitting around and listening to the radio doesn't make sense in 2023. Like it did in 1970. Right. Absolutely. No. And I mean, I've flip-flopped between DC and Marvel. So like right. I'm I'm actually a huge DC fan from the perspective of Batman. Like I'll follow I'll follow the whole Batman storyline probably to a T uh from like, you know, I've seen pretty much all those movies, even the ones with like Adam West. Uh yep. and like Spider-Man was a big one growing up too. But I followed the Marvel Cinematic Universe for a while and then I kind of 
got turned off recently because of like just it felt like they've just pushed out way too much that has been okay like movies um especially like the thor the new thor movie was very lazy um and that's just kind of what i get from them so like i've stopped actually consuming uh marvel stuff and um part of me feels like they're pushing out those older characters that we've all grown up on and they're pushing in like these new younger characters like the young avengers or you know whatever well, that group a, is they have a problem right now because all the act the a lot of the actors they started with are they've been doing Getting it for older. 10 15 yeah. years and they're ready to get out and do other things or just retire out in general you know what i'm saying right yeah like robert downey i mean he was doing yeah. it for a really long time um same with you know chris evans you know now you gotta think about chris pratt where he's at with all of it dave batista um because they yeah they are they are getting older and it's like how do you how do you like swoop in new people so i definitely get what you're saying there um and it's 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 just like like i said it's never ending like right. the story never ends like there's never like a finale which is why i think like the comic book industry can hook a reader or hook a you know a movie viewer uh for as long as they want because they have that ability to entice someone for forever <laughs> and i think that's that's the that's the unique part so that's that's cool that like you're going about it is it is it really like uh a create as you go type of thing or if you've been like prepping this like comic book like with your i guess like what i'm trying to ask you is your first comic book that you're making have are you just doing this as you go or did you like prep the whole universe and it's like here's what i have like for you know comics two three you know new character four like or you only just have this one issue. Do you have multiple issues planned out already? So it's a little of both. Um, the timeline became a thing because as I was writing the first comic, the ideas would pop up for future things or past things that would cause that stuff. So I, I, as I would write them down, like because my timelines already got so much, I can just go through the timeline of trying, you know, now because i'll have comic one done i have this cool story i have on the timeline for two years down the line and i can i have a and z i just have to put in the rest of the alphabet kind of thing yeah and get to that big climactic point that people are going to love um but definitely as i write it's it's definitely a as it comes to me kind of thing like there's no there's no like big timeline for comic one that I you know I want to go through this point this point this point and this point. There's a about two or three major points, but and it's connecting the dots and going through until the end of the comic, and then on and then I'm gonna leave comic one at a point that's going to naturally pick up where comic two is gonna pick up. Gotcha. Okay. No, yeah. that makes sense. I was just kind of curious because, you know, you definitely just can't. I feel like you just can't make these on the fly. Like you can't just like 
do it as you go. I feel like you have to have some sort of prep, you know, with all this because like you have a whole storyline, but into different publications, right. which is, it's gotta be well thought out. Um, which is why, you know, with the MCU, you know, they, they had those movies planned for, you know, years and years in advance. Like they knew what they were doing years before they even, you know, started writing the, the script of the like, movie itself um so it, it, i mean it's pretty cool the to you the big struggle with the mcu though is that they never know when like an actor yes they have a contract for three movies and they can plan for three more after that but there's no guarantee that Ryan robert jr just left if he right. decided he wanted to sign on for 10 more years you know that they'd be having 10 years of content for iron man without any problems Right, right. Just because it's so, you know, it's such a big superhero, obviously, because that's yeah. like what a lot of people grew up on. Um, and so from like a publication standpoint, when people write books, um, there's there, there are two different routes where you get a publication with, you know, an actual group, you know, like Penguin, you know, Macmillan, yeah. you know, those types of groups, or you do it yourself, which is what I've done as well. Um, with the comic book industry, like, are you going about it by yourself or are you looking at comic publications? Like, cause you're, you're indie. I would put you as like an indie publisher just 100%. cause like you're fully independent from what it sounds like you haven't signed with anyone. Mm-hmm. Um, right. so how are, are you able to explain how you're going about that process right now? So currently it is all myself. Um, the plan is basically get the comic one script completely done, get a loan to pay for the art, go ahead and have the art being worked on and almost complete and then start a Kickstarter to actually get the word out there, get an easy place for people to sign up. You know, I want this book kind of thing. Um, and then use the money from the Kickstarter to pay for the actual printing, which I've already got printing service figured out and hundred percent, just me out here making the calls, getting the, you know, figure out who I can get to work on what, how I can get everything accomplished, how I'm going to get the stuff sent out, that kind of situation. Um, once the, once it's done and I have books in hand and Kickstarter is like all the people who backed it are funded or, you know, are, they have their items. Um, it would be something that definitely goes on TikTok shop and, you know, luckily I have following and I make content. So, you know, hopefully that can, can keep getting money coming in from that to help fund the second book and then it's just going to be just a whole hoping it rolls itself through um no one i haven't i've reached out to a couple of publishers saying you know just more so for advice um the uh the comic book store in my town um puts up the comic con so reached out to them see if they have any advice that kind of thing but no company has reached out saying hey we want to help with this or anything like that like at all right well (laughs) yeah that's that that's usually how it works um no that's that's interesting because 
obviously the comic book industry is, you know, it's still publication, but it's, it's definitely a lot different because you just have so many moving pieces because you have illustrations. Right. That's pretty high level. Uh, and then you have the writing piece. Um, and then like now, you know, people, although I feel like the comic book industry is very heavy on physical copies, not electronic copies. Like I, I, tr- I truly believe that the comic book industry will never really adapt to that e-reader environment just because you, it's so go ahead. You have, you have different kind of people that fit both niches. You definitely okay. 100% have the comic book collector that goes every single, you know, Tuesday, Wednesday, whenever their local comic book store restocks their comics looks for the new things, yeah. gets the new releases, takes them home, keeps them all in their plastic. They have 40, a room just dedicated to bins of comic books. Um, King Lion on TikTok is the biggest example of, like, he has dedicated his life to just having the best comic book collection of anybody. And <laughs> every single, every single week, this guy's going to three different comic shops to get you know, what's new, what's out, what they can mm-hmm. collect everything they don't already have. Then you that's have amazing. the people that in situations like I was in where I got to the boat late. I had, I grew up reading some comics, but it was, you know, I had 10, 15 issues. I would get maybe once a year, just go like once a year, basically, and just buy a bunch. And that would be my comic collection for a little while. And then because that was my upbringing now in 2023, the e-reader stuff is amazing. And I was able to buy that. And then now I can read entire, you know, series of comics that would be almost impossible to find because these things were written in 1964. And you're, you're not going to find these without paying 200 bucks a book at, you know, in not even great condition versus right perfect scans on this app pull it up right. read it it's got the software built in where it, it'll take you uh, panel to panel it's easy it's it's like reading it's like reading a show basically yeah and it's it's perfect for someone wanting to read a lot of them without having to hunt them down oh yeah that's that's true I mean, so with that being said, you have like Pokemon cards, you know, you have trading card collectors. That's kind of a big thing now is collecting yeah. comic books still a big thing, like vintage ones to like resell and like use that as an investment. Like, is that still a thing? If you're into it, you're very into it. Um, it's gotcha. You, you can't just go into a comic book shop and say, you know, I have this book, give me $10,000 for it. But if you have a certain book, you can absolutely get $10,000 for it if you know where to look. Right, right. And like, in terms of selling that, I mean, yeah, it's tough to go to a store and probably, I'm sure most of those people sell it on like eBay or, you know, one of those types of e-commerce platforms. Or am I wrong on that? There's websites that's, pretty much dedicated to just finding rare books when yeah. eBay is a big, you know, option for people, but it, 
Yeah. If you want the very first issue of Superman, you can find right. it, but you will pay for you it. Oh, yeah, I was going to say, yeah, that's probably... I mean, that's just like if you have fuck you money uh, that you can just like kind of dispose of and then yeah. like be like, yeah, I own the first ever edition of, of Superman. You probably, you know, put that in a frame in your house. Oh, it's already... Like, you know, if you're finding that, it's already in a... Um, what is the, the the company that like tests the quality of like how your book is? Ratings? It's like in the yeah. rating frame where it's already got its label. You can't, you're never going to open that, which is another yeah. reason why the e-readers are so awesome because it's like, well, you already own this book. You're never going to open it up and actually read the pages because if the moment you do, that thing goes from being a $5,000 book to a $900 book. Yeah, like exactly. Definitely appreciates that point. Yeah. Right. So, so, so when you buy the physical, you get an e-reader copy. Is that how that works? So the, a lot of the e-readers, um, like it's it's like a Netflix account basically. So you just pay. Oh, okay, I see. I think it's like eight bucks for um, the Marvel app, and then you you basically mm -hmm. have everything Marvel's ever released, and you just read what you and want. That's like eight. Yeah, that's like eight dollars a month. Eight bucks a month. Yeah. It's not that okay. bad. Yeah, that's not bad at all. No. And it's if you read I mean, if you read enough, it's definitely worthwhile. And comics are in my opinion one of the easiest things to just go down a rabbit hole with. And <laughs> right. some of the com some of the comic books being made today are some of the best storylines I've ever read. Um mm -hmm. Donnie Cates, the um Donny Cates the writer from Marvel has come up with some of the best Thor storylines, the best Hulk storyline. Mm -hmm. And just, you can, Donny Cates has this amazing talent to take a character that's been out for 50 years, add something to the puzzle piece that makes them the strongest thing in the universe. Let them do awesome, crazy stuff with it and then take it away. So where it it doesn't mess up that character's continuity, they're not going, they're not god now. But for that twenty minute fight, they might as well have been god. Yeah, exactly. No, for sure. Do you, uh, so to delve into this question, since you know we're talking about you know reading comics and we're talking about like accuracy and stuff like that. So with the new movies that are coming out like comic book related movies, they do have a lot of storyline similarity to like a comic book issue. So like the Thor movie was mm -hmm. tied to a comic issue pretty closely. It wasn't like married to a hundred percent, but like there were a lot of scenes where like you had like literally a page from that comic book show up on the screen. Yeah. Um, my only thing is, does that have an effect? So, like, if so, obviously the Thor movie was terribly like received. Are we talking Love and Thunder here? Yeah, yeah, okay. Love and Thunder. A lot of people did not. I honestly didn't like that movie either. Um, it just, I, I think it missed a lot of marks, but it took a lot of comic book uh, storyline. So, right. do you like if a movie, a comic book movie specifically? If it doesn't do well, 
can that get back to the comic book writer or can people definitely, you know, make the difference between the two, like the movie and the Almost. comic book itself? If they, if they make a movie and it flops, that comic book reader or writer probably will not hear as like, he does not care because that, because okay. the movie is nothing like the book he wrote anyway. And okay. his book is probably like they probably adapted that to a movie for one of two reasons. It's either one of the most popular comics that they've released in a in a decade, you know, the decade it released, which is why right. it made it to a movie because they were hoping the popularity would get people into the sea. Or it's a very not well known storyline from a comic book that they think would adapt well to a movie. And they're just trying to give people that uh, a surprise in the theater. There's never really an in between yeah. there. And okay. Often it's a combination. Um, so Thor Ragnarok is actually a better example in my opinion. Uh, um, okay. Because Love and Love and Thunder was kind of they they shoehorned up like six different stories in there for that didn't really oh really take. yeah it's it's not like eighty percent of one story with some extras it's it's a lot that's of that's crazy the Jane Foster becoming Thor was its own comic run and it there's no like the, the kidnapping thing. Like the, the, that story did a lot. It was just the Hollywood writers handled that. Honestly. Wow. Um, Thor love Thor Ragnarok. Ragnarok's its own story. It's, it's a big okay. story and it's a repeating story in comic books, but it's not, <laughs> it's, it's people wanted Thor Ragnarok for Sakaar because they wanted to see planet Hulk. That oh, was yeah, the yeah, yeah. thing because and that's that maybe takes twenty percent of that storyline from the comics and brings it to that movie because in the comics Hulk lands on his planet, takes over the planet, has a family, the ship that he arrived on because he was sent there, not because he decided to just go, explodes, kills his family, and he's like, We're going to just destroy everything. And became, makes Hulk the angriest he's ever been, which makes him the strongest he's ever been. And he gets back to Earth and just annihilates everybody. Dang. That's we crazy. Don't get any of that. <laughs> yeah, no, we definitely don't. Partially because Disney won't... I feel like Disney won't take it to that level. I mean, they're trying to dabble a little bit. Not darker, necessarily, but they're definitely trying to get a little more intense which as a movie I'm watcher deadpool. i'm hoping their acquisition yeah. of deadpool really that's will, gonna be a test they, that exactly i'm hoping they use that as a litmus test to see all right are people going to watch this if we basically make a rated r marvel movie and when that mm -hmm. movie sells better than anything they've released in the last six years Hopefully that allows them to, all right, we are going to actually be able to adapt these storylines that we've been avoiding because they're not for this kind of audience. Right. Is this the first Disney Deadpool movie? Disney, yes. Um, okay. Because they were Fox, the only other, obviously. 
Yeah, Fox, so Fox had both Deadpools, the terrible one and the amazing one. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's funny. It's so true, though. I'm a Ryan Reynolds fan, though, so I, I do like I, I do Who's like not? him as Deadpool. Yeah, Does he's, anyone he's so funny. dislike Ryan Reynolds at all. Yeah, exactly. Like when he made fun of himself from that uh, X-Men movie that he did, like, yeah when he was way younger, like him making fun of himself as Deadpool, like in that movie. Um, it's so funny. My, my brother, um, he's a little bit older than I am. We were, I forgot where we were, but like he had the X-Men Wolverine movie on when it had Ryan Reynolds in it. And uh, I'm like, oh, it's shitty Deadpool, Ryan Reynolds. <laughs> and he started laughing super hard uh, because like people forget that was like shitty Deadpool at that time. But um, so he, he I, embraces that. The first time I watched that movie, I actually, I don't know if you remember, but that movie leaked like uh, two months before it released. But it was a version that wasn't actually complete. So oh. for two solid months, I was hoping so badly that that was, uh, so much of that stuff was going to get fixed. And a third of it did. Yeah. Yeah. That was, that was so poorly made. And, you know, part of that was, I think just the, and that's why Marvel, I think had to sell to Disney. Cause I think Marvel was, Marvel was really good before Disney with like Iron Man, Hulk, yeah. like those types of movies. I think they fumbled so hard with the X-Men stuff that they kind of had to they kind of had to take that direction with disney to and i hope disney makes x-men a lot better um and i mean like the 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 newer x-men movies i thought were pretty decent i guess like i wasn't a diehard fan of them but like x-men fans are definitely a different breed so uh, the best thing x-men since they introduced quicksilver right Right. And it's just like X-Men is such a historic franchise. You have to take care of that. Like you really do. I mean, the Iron Man movies before Disney were, I mean, that was, I think that was one of the best, like, and not, I'm not saying all those Iron Man movies were good, but I'm saying like from a revamp standpoint, the way they introduced Iron Man was like how they pretty much got, you know, Marvel like into this whole, blow up of you know now superhero movies are kind of like popular uh right and then you know obviously that resurrected robert downey jr as an actor um and and really put a lot of people in these higher places uh in the movie making industry um like favreau as well so yeah disney has to be careful because they took they took over something that was getting popular um and then they fell short just in a, a few different categories and a few different titles. But now it's like kind of the reverse effect where they're kind of ruining some really good franchises that we had. Um, so I think, uh, yeah, it's it's just it's very interesting with the Disney component. And that's why I like with that's why I switched over to D.C. for a few movies, because the D.C. movies have, have always been terrible. Um, besides, I think, right. the Batman movies. But obviously, you can't just rely on one superhero franchise. Like you need to bring everything together. So curious to see how that, um, 
Do you feel they've actually nailed it on anything but Batman yet? Like nailed it. Say that again. Oh, you, nailed you it. Like um, other than Suicide, other than the villain movies, because I, I, villain movies are really good. Uh huh. Yeah, they are for sure, one hundred percent. Um, did they nail anything? To be honest with you, I really liked the new Batman movie um, with Robert but Pattinson. Other than Batman, is what I'm saying. Oh, Batman, oh Batman's um, hard to screw up. You do, you can do Batman forty yeah, different ways true. and still be amazing. And it's still going to be yeah, because they just have they have the perfect combination of like villains, heroes, side like it's. I mean, it's one of the best put together like superhero franchises I think ever. Right. Um, Oh, man, dude, I don't know. Like, I didn't really love the Superman movies, to be honest with you. Um, Superman. Obviously, Green Lantern was shit. Um, the Flash movie. I mean, I didn't even see the new Flash movie. Uh, I wasn't really a huge fan. Yeah. Uh, dude, yeah, I don't know. I don't know if they've ever nailed anything besides the villain movies and and Batman. Like, I yeah. really didn't like the super. I didn't like the Superman stuff. I just, I just, I don't know. I, I found it kind of boring and predictable. That's the problem with Superman in general, though. You have a character that can't be beat by anything, and you're trying to make that story interesting when you know for a fact he's except going for to a win. rock. Even right. though, like, except for a rock. in the comics, he's even beaten Kryptonite before. So, if unless you're going to throw every magic user at him possible, because he's still susceptible right. to magic, and then you're still hoping and praying that he's actually going to seem like he's in danger at some point. Right, right. I think like, uh, an Aquaman was terrible too. So, like, I I think that. What DC has to pride themselves on is they're like a more intense version movie franchise. Like they're a little darker. DC's always they're DC's always been the animation king too, though. Mm-hmm. That too. That too. You go to Batman um, animation, um, Justice League animation, and it's you don't get better animated superhero content than what DC releases. Mm-hmm. And it's not like the superheroes suck. Like, I do love the concept of Flash. I do love the concept of Martian Manhunter. Uh, I do love the concept of Cyborg. Uh, I love the concept uh, of Wonder Woman. I think they didn't do those movies justice. I think they kind of fucked up, like, the the perception of Wonder Woman because they just... They made storylines that just... I mean, it was hard to get behind, I think, because of like villains, maybe in those movies like you just they seem so plain and boring, like, you know, like the second one being centered around some like magical stone uh, and like the villains were just like humans like that. I don't know. It's just (laughs) I was like, it's okay, you know, and they they have great great characters great characters that i can get behind for sure but they just depicted in movies as shit too serious in my opinion 
Yeah, yeah, they need to. And like the thing is, like the Disney, Mar- uh, the Disney Marvel, it's almost like too laid back, kid like with like their jokes and yeah. their puns and like all that stuff. And then like DC is like way too serious. You're right. It's like how can we meet Just a happy in the middle? Yeah, exactly. It's like why can't because the age demographics, you know, it's just like you want to hit as big of a range as you can, which I know is hard. It's very hard to do that, but you can it's still feasible by just adding in some lighthearted stuff with like kind of that serious, darker undertones. Um, I think that's why Batman's work so well, because you, you never expect a joke in Batman anyway. So it works that it's not there. You want right. the grittiness of Gotham and just without Batman, everything's going to go to shit kind of scenario. Yeah. And so when you watch Batman make shit stuff not go to shit, it, you're just there. You don't need any jokes yeah. or anything like that. But with like Flash should be almost a comedy. Just yeah. straight up. Like Flash has always been just a quippy, like he's like a Spider-Man kind of character. He's going to say something right. funny as he does his thing. Uh-huh. Superman needs to have a joke because this is a guy that can look at you and you explode. Yeah, exactly. 100%. Um, they, I think Green Lantern kind of scared him away from comedy a little bit. Yeah, because it was so bad. Yeah, and it, it was so bad and they did the comedy, but it the comedy wasn't what killed it. And but it amazes me that DC doesn't look at all right. Look, just look at Thor over at Marvel. Right. First two movies completely sucked, kind of sucked. We'll be nice to them a little bit. And yeah. then Thor Ragnarok was one of the best movies they've released ever because ever. they added some comedy, but it was still the character everybody loved. And then I don't see how they're not looking at their super villain franchises with. Suicide Squad and be like, all right, we have comedy here, but there's still real shit happening. How about we? And those movies do awesome because everybody freaking loves them. So how right. do we not? In, how are they not incorporating that into their other IPs? Mm. Yeah, no, for sure, for sure. Um, yeah, I'm one of those people where you have to, you have to adapt off of your mistakes, and I just feel like DC has never done that because right. they just like keep taking it way too seriously um or or they just don't yeah they just don't know how to like balance out like those funny lighthearted moments with like that super serious undertone um and you're right i think different characters have to be put up a little bit differently and and you know on the opposite disney with marvel has like made it way too like corny and they made it way too yeah way too lighthearted like we kind of need some seriousness in here um and they're like their characters are so diverse too and it's like you have a great series it's just like you know we need we need to figure out the tones here um which back to dc like i'm really excited for the new batman movie because that first one i thought was incredible people were like it was it was too long and i'm like yeah you probably could have shortened it by like you know 20 minutes and it probably would have been fine um but like going to batman as like a detective that's what people don't even realize like he's a superhero yes but like his his like amazing trait he's the greatest detective of all time people don't understand that like in the comic books like he's depicted as like a glorified 
like Charles investigative Holmes. person. Yeah, yeah. His, his investigative mind, like he's a puzzle solver. Um, so I think people kind of misunder misunderstood that when they saw the Batman movie, because I I think that movie was one of the best up like I it's up there with the Dark Knight um, yeah. as a whole because they focused very heavily on his detective work. And I mean, the Dark Knight did that, too. That's why I love the Dark Knight, because like right. it focused on him solving the joker's patterns and that's what like you have to do as a detective so like it's it's really cool to to see that it's like chess um yeah so that's yeah that's uh always a fun conversation to have with uh trying to figure out you know why are we kind of missing the mark here but then again you know it's like these writers are probably burnt out too you know and and you know do you ever think like if I ever get big enough from a comic book writing standpoint, would I ever want to be at that type of level, like a Marvel or a DC? I feel like I wouldn't even want to be in those types of organizations just because there's just, I don't know. I feel like it's just churning a machine trying to just, you know, spit out as much content as possible. My dream, like just the crazy, if the craziest scenario happens, like, just have being able to animate something and putting it like even something like just animating for Netflix. That's, I don't need much more than that out of the universe I'm creating. Like if I went to Walmart and saw one of my characters as a toy, it would probably freak me out. So freak you out in a, in a bad way. Yeah, like it would just be—it would just be weird seeing, like, all right, I I created that guy in my head, and it's being sold at Walmart. That's that's weird. Yeah, yeah. No, I I get that. Um, I know a lot of people are utilizing like YouTube and and stuff like that for showing their animations. So, um, I'm into NFTs, non fungible tokens, and 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 the reason why I'm bringing this up here is because this is a creative type of industry that relies on intellectual property. So with NFTs, you know, I've I've dabbled in them. You know, I have two projects right now that I'm like selling, um, and I do believe in the the concept of it. The problem is like the people in it right now are are gatekeeping or they've like rug pulled and scammed so many people that it's ruined the industry from a buyer's perspective. Like I saw like a, a graphic that the, it's the lowest NFT buyer population ever, like since May of 2021, which sucks because like it ruins a lot of people's visions and endeavors that are like fully true to themselves because like the concept of nfts you sell your nfts and you get a hundred percent of the profits and then like you can use it to start up whatever you want to do which is why i love it but the problem is you have these assholes that like take your money and then they just run and they don't do anything with it um i guess my question to you is have you have you ever dabbled in that first and if you haven't or have, do you see a possibility of this comic book industry actually dabbling into that space from an intellectual property standpoint? So you guys get the money you deserve, and then you also have these startup um, expenses covered because you did the project. Because NFTs are a low-cost expenditure, obviously. All you have to worry about is um, gas fees and uh, getting the art done, which, I mean, the gas fees, you can have the customer even pay 
uh, and depending on the ecosystem you use, it's cheap. So right. what are your thoughts? Have you dabbled in NFTs? If not, if so, do you see the comic book industry mending with this? So just heads up, I have so much to say on this topic. <laughs> no, go for it. And honestly, like, you're not going to trigger me uh, because there are a lot of bad actors in the space that have ruined a lot of things uh, with the NFT space. I do think there's good people out there still. I, I would consider myself a good person in this space, trying to actually do a lot of good with the funds I've received in terms of giving it back to the community. Um, right. So yeah, let it rip. So I've never bought an NFT. NFT's always been one of those things where I'm not a gambler, so I'm not going to buy this thing in hopes that it's going to skyrocket or anything like that. Um, yeah, I'm just not my thing. But I've I've researched a lot of NFT information and stuff, and it's technology that I've always been interested in since I heard about it. Um, specifically the ideas of where if you have an NFT and it sells, you know, you sell it for a thousand dollars, you can attach some code to it where if someone else sells that thing for $2,000, you get 5% of that sale, 10% of that sale, that kind of thing. And that can just, for the existence of that NFT that exists. So I've always to get it back to the comic book thing with the e-readers, this is just an idea I've had for so long. I want somebody to build it. I would like to help somebody build it, whatever. With an e-reader, you have the page of a comic book and you can zoom it into one panel. So you're reading one panel at a time. You tap the screen and it goes to the next panel. I want so desperately for somebody to, and it's not going to be a Marvel, it's not going to be a DC because they're not going to give away as much money as it would generate. But I want somebody to have an e-reader that whenever you do that, that transition from this panel to this panel is a sellable token that people can, that artists can go in and let's say, in this panel, Thor is punching an enemy. And on this pa panel, it shows that enemy crashing into a mountain because he punched him so hard. The transition, instead of just being a page flip or just goes black, comes back up as the, the next panel, let that in-between section be sold slash worked on slash whatever where people can go in there and be the artist and the the frame where he punches that character and the frame where they crash into the mountain is their first and last frame and they animate the entire process in between. So whenever you you're on that panel, you click it instead of just it going to the panel of him crashing into the mountain, you see the the punch finish, the guy flying back, the camera moving, the guy it hits the mountain you, the debris comes up and then you get the pan, the second panel in that comic. But because you've opened up that space and somebody has been able to work on this, you actually get more of like an anime type scenario with this book where you can actually see it happening instead of just filling it in with your imagination. And then since somebody's 
putting in the work to build all those frames, it would probably have to be 30, 30 images, let's say, um, a, a, a solid second. Um, then that basically, let's say 40, 40 different people try to build that one frame. The Whoever owns the book itself, the rights to the book, be it community-based, whatever, they vote for which one of those 40 becomes official. And now every time that book sells for $3, which if this is a Marvel or a DC, they're selling millions of copies of these things. So let's say a million times, a, you know, the, you get half a penny, do the math, that one person can get paid for that art transition for that one book in perpetuity. So a lot of the struggle with art being an artist pretty much forever, but especially now you can make, you can make 30 pieces of art a month, but if someone's not willing to buy that art from you, you're not making any money. It goes to the, the starving artist trope that everyone's heard. So why aren't we, why isn't somebody making this technology where all of a sudden one, because the voting process happens where, all right, this one's official, this one's official, this one's official, and they don't have to be the same person. They can be that one book might have 15 of those. And as I said, when Marvel, Marvel's been doing this for 60 years, the collection is so large and it make it makes the viewing experience better because you can actually see it happen instead of having to piece it together with your imagination. It provides money for the artists that work on it, which no one loses. And you could probably charge more money for it because now instead of just a book, you have a moving it's moving pictures as you read. That's and, yeah, wow. Keep going. I mean, that's this is it's an idea I've had for so long, and I I've talked to so many people about it. I can't understand why no one's worked on it because it's it just mm -hmm. makes sense in my opinion to exist. It does. I mean, I, as as a listener, that makes a lot of sense to me, and it gives more. Um, I think it gives more of a personal connection too with your reader. Um, I actually. That's that's a new idea I've never heard that you just explained to me. Um, I think that could really go a long way. And it's also just like a, a it's a collectible. And, you know, comics yes. are all about collectibles. Like you're collecting things and it's like now you don't have to do it just physically, like have it in your hand. You can do it digitally speaking. You can make it cool, too. Um, yeah. with that type of animation, which is like, I think what comic book readers want is they want mm. like this interactive collectible digitally, like the, the whole like scene, um, progression right. that you're talking about with 30 different Im images packed into one scene, um, that you get to like hold this cool moment from this book itself. Um, I really, I think that's a great concept. And, and honestly too, like, 
the successful NFT projects like Pudgy Penguins, they're on Amazon now selling toys and stuff like that. So like the whole purpose of the NFT is to jumpstart a project to get to a level that they're like a brand now that they can sell on a mainstream platform, whether it's like an Amazon or like, you know, an eBay or, you know, like whatever. Because like Pudgy Penguins was just like a penguin profile picture. Now it's like you get toys, you get merch, you get like all these physical items with it. It's just like they had a good plan structure. It wasn't perfect probably when it first started. I never jumped on Pudgy Penguins uh, because it was just something that was pretty expensive. And you're right. Some of it's a gamble. So people took a gamble on Pudgy Penguins and they succeeded. So like I'm happy for those investors. But they took those funds, jump started their brand and like now sell physical items because of the NFT funds. They were able to liquidate that and then reinvest it in their business. That is what a true conscious creator does when they receive upfront capital. Um, And I think the comic book industry is no different. Actually, I think the comic book industry is even more authentic where people don't make a lot of money up front. So it's like you need that capital to reinvest. And like if you're honestly the the people that have been scammers, it's not people like us, it's the celebrities. It's like the people right. with these mass followings that want to make a quick like six figures, seven figures. So they're like, hey, I'm Jake Paul or hey, you know, I'm whoever. I have this NFT project and then they rug pull them and then they just like keep all the money and that. And then people are like, oh, these are all bad. It's like, no, it's these pompous celebrities that are ruining the space. Going back to your conscious creator thing, if somebody creates a a, project with an actual passion behind it, you're going to get an amazing product at the end of it that people will be happy that they invested in. But if it's, someone uh, uh, the celebrity is already living their life and a company comes up to them hey we're gonna give you a bunch of money to talk about us you no one likes when you see that on tiktok with a non-huge i have nine messages in my email inbox right now of hey i'm selling this you know camera like i i literally have one right now trying to sell me like a security camera it's like i make content about superpowers i'm your camera is not going to be something i can be passionate about and you know have a cool video for you so no i'm not going to touch that but i also like i also have a message out to intel and intel is working on or sent me to marketing and like if something comes with that I freaking love Intel and I can easily actually talk about that because if I can do something with Intel that allows me to work on the things I am passionate about, it's going to trickle back to the the project that I'm working on itself. Right. No, a hundred percent. I, I truly believe. Yeah. If you're not excited about it or you don't use your intuition uh, to, to fully create meaningful things, uh, whether it's content, whether it's a product, whether it's a service, it's not going to resonate with you well. Um, and you're not going to create a quality experience for anyone. Exactly. So it's great that you are doing that. Um, 
and yeah, Intel, I, I love Intel too, actually. That's, that's really cool. Um, that, you know, that could be in the works. I mean, I figured like with half a million followers, you gotta be getting near that, that point in time where brands are going to start hitting you up, like some, some really wow. powerful brands, whether it's like Intel, like a technology, whether it's like a media, I don't know, but like, I mean, my biggest one was I did a month project with Hooters. That's hilarious. That's unexpected. I was not expecting that. It 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 was one of those where it's like, what the hell can I do with Hooters? But you know, then I created a character that had the superpower to go to Hooters, and it worked out, and it was funny and awesome. But like, I wasn't passionate about Hooters, but I, yeah, but. But that was a situation where Hooters came to me and they, uh, what happened? But that was a situation where Hooters came to me and they allowed me to actually work on this in a way that I wanted to. And it allowed me to build the project that I wanted to build and not necessarily, hey, we have this, these requirements, you have to fit this box and it allowed me to work the way i wanted to yeah what an episode um so that is where everything got cut off because he asked you know what happened uh so basically i i lost i just got booted out of the episode which was so strange but i was i was thankful to recover this whole episode and not have to re-record um but basically yeah, Chris has a really great story about how he took his speech impediment and then started creating videos. And I want you guys to all take note that no matter what you're going through in life, you're always going to be able to find the courage to do something and be really good at it. He's got 500,000 followers on TikTok, half a million followers, guys. And he had a speech impediment that he had to work through. That's pretty inspiring stuff, and I hope nothing but the best for this guy, uh, especially on his own independent comic book journey and his like creative journey. He's going to be awesome. Definitely going to have to check some things out, um, but yeah, it's an amazing feat to, to see this, this guy go through it. Um, couldn't give him the, the, the ability to outro, but um, he appreciates you guys listening. He appreciates... Uh, all the love and support that he gets on social media and he's excited to unveil more comic book related content to you guys so that being said have a great rest of your day guys much love to you